Hi, my name is Aisha McGowan, and this is Quick Brown Foxes, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of how to get more women of color into cycling by asking women of color how they got into cycling. Today, we'll be speaking with Sika Henry, a woman who's on a mission to become the first ever African-American female professional triathlete. Hi, I am Sika Henry. I am from New York originally, and I live in Newport News, Virginia. I am a triathlete. I am an African-American woman. I work a corporate job um, while also balancing sports. That's pretty impressive. There's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Cool. Okay, Sika, how did you get into bikes? Like, when did you... First I actually did not learn how to ride a bike until I was a teenager. Really? And how did <laughs> yeah, that happen? Yeah. I have no idea. Blame it on my dad. He just, he said one day he realized that he had never taught me how to ride a bike. Um, I think because I was always involved in club sports. So I would get taken to like swim practices, stuff like that. And um, I wasn't really one of those outdoorsy kids playing in the yard. I was always doing um club something, sports something so. specific okay exactly yeah so I never got into bikes really until triathlon when I did my first triathlon in 2013 how old are you then oh gosh uh late 20s okay. I want to say yeah so wait what was the experience of learning a bike like learning how to ride a bike as a teenager I fell. I fell a lot. I mean, because it's not like you can throw on some training wheels, right? It looks okay when you're four years old. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and you can tell now when I race that I don't really have those skills. It doesn't come natural to me. Um, and then, of course, now with all the indoor riding, that doesn't help either. Um, but yeah, just took me to the park and I learned on a mountain bike. And in, when I did my first triathlon, I actually did it on a mountain bike, probably. Really? That's, yep. That's what you had. I, yeah, yeah, that's what I had. It was cheap and that's what I knew how to ride. And I didn't realize that there was such, such a difference between a mountain <laughs> bike, a road bike, and a triathlon bike. So while I'm par- pedaling my behind off and everybody's passing me, I'm like, like flying by. Yeah, like, how are they going so fast? Am I that out of shape? And then, you know, you pick up my bike and then you pick up, you know, carbon fiber, Cervelo, whatever bike. And you're like, oh, okay. I yes. see. It is a big difference. Is mm-hmm. it? Is that a common thing for people to like try their first triathlon unknowingly on a very non-triathlon bike? Yeah, I, you know what? I think so. A lot of stories that I hear, a lot of people say their very first one, they just had a Speedo on and they had a hybrid bike or a mountain bike and it, it's their first time running off the bike when they do the run. So yeah, I would say it's pretty typical. That's cool. I mean, I've never done triathlon. It's not something that I'm super interested in, <laughs> uh, but I can imagine it, it's quite the challenge. So I think it's really cool that everyone starts where they are. Yeah. Um, sweet. All right. So you're in your late twenties, you do your first triathlon on a mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Oh, late, late twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Your late twenties. Okay. Yep. And what made you do it again? Like, what was that experience like? Um, you know, I was going through a really bad breakup at the time. So I only signed up for it as a way to distract myself from what I was going through. Um, 
so I signed up. I'd never done one, didn't really know much about it. And I signed up two weeks before the race. Oh, and I just found, yeah, it was, I was like, oh, there's a local one. Okay. I'll give it a try. It was right in Hampton, Virginia. So, um, yeah, I just drove over there and did it. And it was great. Those two weeks, I stressed so much about learning how to swim open water, (laughs) finding a bike, um, you know, learning how to run off the bike. So, I would say those two weeks, the preparation for it was so much fun for me and just getting outside. So, um, yeah. And then like most people, you get, you learned how to swim in open water two weeks before your first. Well, I grew up swimming. I grew up swimming. So I had a background, but I never swam open water before. So it's wildly different. Isn't yeah, it? Oh, no, I'm terrified. Like, I, I had no idea. Yeah, all these people kicking you and hitting you. And... Oh no, there's contact. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's violent. Oh no, that's not for me. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know that triathlon, <laughs> open water swimming is very. I didn't rough. know people oh. touched you. Oh, I don't like that at all. Oh my god, my first half Ironman. It was in Cambridge, Maryland. My first half Ironman. I got kicked so hard in the face that my goggles literally left an imprint, and I had my nose is black and blue. <laughs> it's no. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Okay. Yeah, but then you start. The more you do it, you start kind of learning um, how to keep your space and draft off people, and you know stuff like that. Wait, you but usually, swimming? I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Usually, like the initial gun goes off, and everybody's like in this mass group charging. So yeah, it's pretty rough. Oh my goodness, it's rough. It's like an alley cat. I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the water. Like I'm, I'm one of those people. Like if I go to the beach and something touches my foot, I'm like running out. Like I'm not yeah. staying. Right. In the, oh, I mean, I you think about that was. too. You're like, what was that? <laughs> what, what did I just touch? Was it a fish or a person? Fish or a person. exactly, or something else? <laughs> yeah. No, not not for me. But it sounds fun if that's what you're into. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, that's the shortest part of the triathlon. This one is quickest <laughs> sweet all right so back to this, this mountain bike how many triathletes triathlons did you do on this mountain bike and what kind of bike was it oh my gosh no one one okay. I learned my lesson it was it was brutal it was only 10 miles on it but it took me forever on a mountain it took me, bike. well it took me like an hour and a half I mean it was bad <laughs> so yeah um you know I think it was uh maybe it was a truck I got it from Dick's Okay. I literally drove over Dick's, saw what bikes they had. I explained to the guy I was doing a triathlon. He was like, oh, well, you should get a road bike. And then I saw the price tag, and I'm like, <laughs> I might not ever. Yeah, like, I might not ever do this again. I'm you bought a new mountain bike. Exactly. Yeah, like, oh, you know. Triathlon. Okay. Right, yeah, like $300 bike versus, you know, this $2,000 pretty road bike he was. That sounds like something I would totally do. <laughs> Like, yeah. oh, of course now you know money is no option now but back then I wasn't sure if I was ever going to do one again so yeah, I know that's a point. huge investment yeah so then but, you went uh, back to Dixon got a triathlon a triathlon bike or did you just get a road bike um no okay so after the first one I was like all right I at least need a road bike <laughs> so then I found a local bike shop out here and I bought a trek and that okay. was a road bike it was a beginner beginner bike um it I didn't clip in or anything I okay. used the pedals and my I did my second triathlon on that bike all right so was a little was better. better okay yeah, a little better I mean I was still slow but it, it didn't take me forever and I wasn't getting you know just past like I was standing still so it wasn't as brutal 
Um, I think it took me maybe by my fourth triathlon to finally invest in a triathlon bike. And how long was this? How, what, what was the distance of the second triathlon? Um, the second one was an Olympic distance. So the oh, first geez, one. Oh, geez, that's I, a huge jump, no? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I did, the first two were sprints. My third one was Olympic distance. Yeah. He just jumps right in there, eh? I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I find that the longer the race, the better I usually get. Usually when it's short and fast, it's just a little too much for me. You know, your, your heart rate skyrockets and you like gasping for the air the entire time. But right. the longer races are more paced. So so you're more of like yeah. an endurance athlete than like. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Got exactly. it. Yeah. Built for distance, not necessarily for specific <laughs> speed. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm into it. Yeah. I, I feel similarly a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So then your fourth triathlon you are now you've upgraded to olympic distance which clarify for me what are the different distances of triathlon because i never remember them accurately okay so it goes sprint um the sprint is usually a gosh i don't even know now 750 meter swim and then usually a 12 mile bike and then a 5k run so 3.1 mile run um, the Olympic distance is a 1,500-meter swim, so a little less than a mile, and then a 40K bike, which is, gosh, I don't even know. What is that, 24, 25 miles? Somewhere and around then, there. Yeah. Okay, and then a 10K run, so 6.2 miles. And then the distance I specialize in now is a half Ironman, which is a 1.2-mile swim, a 56-mile bike, and then a half marathon run. Which is and then, you know, 13 then the, the miles, 13.1, something like that. 13.1 miles. Yep, okay. exactly. That's and then you have the Ironman, the beast. <laughs> and the Ironman is? Uh, crazy. 2.4 miles, uh, 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride, and then you run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. Why? 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 Do, why do you do that? <laughs> Why do you do all of these things the same, the same day? Why? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, How just, many times have you done that one? Once. Okay. One done, never again. All right. Your system. How, exactly. how was it? Yeah. It was brutal. It was one of the most grueling things I've ever experienced. And my first one happened to be in Kona, Hawaii at the oh, Ironman geez. World Championships. So. Of course. Yeah. So uh, I, it's like, where do you go from there? (laughs) So it was like super fast and like really challenging. Oh yeah. I mean, everybody's just so talented. Um, You know, it's the best athletes in the world. Um, It's one of the most challenging courses. The climbs are insane. The wind is crazy. I got knocked off my bike. There's like, yeah, there's 30, 30 mile per hour crosswinds on the way up to Hubby. Not on a TT bike. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's, scary and oh and you know the humidity the heat you're running in the lava field so it's just radiating around explain this okay so this is only funny to me because on zwift which a lot of us are currently spending a lot of time on yeah we we can ride virtually through the volcanoes but yeah okay running through the lava fields these are like non-active volcanoes right exactly yep so like is it like black like dried 
Oh, extremely. Yep. Like black tar. That's what it looks like. That's crazy. Is there like a road going through it? Yeah. Road. We run on the road. Yep. Huh. I mean, it's beautiful. If you see scenes, I don't know if you watch the NBC broadcast every year, but it's, it's actually, it's, it's stunning. And I wish I could have appreciated it while I was out there (laughs) suffering. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, the views are just, you know, every once in a while you do have to look around and appreciate it. That's like, like with road racing, like we race in a bunch of like really amazing places, but you're mm-hmm. so busy suffering that you can't like appreciate right. it in the moment. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, did you see this? And did you see that? And like, that, that was there? Like, <laughs> I know, right? I could have been like, All you're a man in a green banana like, suit and I would have never noticed it. Exactly, exactly. You're like, just make the end and make the pain stop. That's all you care about. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's really cool. Hawaii is beautiful. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. I like to call those beautiful places to suffer. And that would definitely be on the list. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get from there? Not not Kona, of course. That seems like mm-hmm. that was later on, I assume. Was that your fifth race? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Kona was this past October. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, how did we get from – all right. So, we started on a mountain bike. We bought a road bike and kept doing triathlons. How did you go from – that first race to settling on, I like Olympic distance, right? That's your, that's your jam. Uh, no, half Ironman. Half Ironman distance. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like, how did you, how did you discover that? Like where, what was that journey from starting to like figuring out your sweet spot? Sure. Yeah. Well, I did find that as the races got longer, um, even when it comes to running, I'm a better marathoner than I am a 5k runner. So, hmm. um, I can it's bizarre. It's like, I can just hold the same pace for a while, but if that you ask me so. to go faster, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So I had always wanted to do a half Ironman pretty much by the third one. I was like, I really want to do this. And, um, I wasn't coached at the time, but I figured if I wanted to do one and have it be a good experience that I would need a coach. So I got a coach and, um, yeah, we trained, I guess we did like a six month program leading up to it. I think it was like in January, 2016, I decided that I was going to do one in June. So I trained, um, leading up into that race and yeah, my family came out and it felt like I was out there all day. The first one just felt like forever. (laughs) It felt like it took all day long. And it's funny now, I feel like it goes by so fast. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Are you still with the same coach? Uh, no. Um, I actually got her through, there was a program um, where you pretty much, not, it wasn't a contest. It was like you write in and explain what it, what your goals are. And um, they were looking for beginners and stuff like that. So, okay. I was, so yeah, so it was like free coaching and everything. But then once I decided that I wanted to, maybe turn pro, see how good I could get as an athlete. I hired uh, a coach who coaches a lot of pros, uh, a lot of elite top, top of the game. Nice. Yeah. It's a huge difference. Yeah. So the program, the initial program, does that, is that still around? Do you know what it's called? Um, I wouldn't even call it. It was her specifically. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, she, um, it, we had a personal one-on-one relationship and everything. So she developed the program for me specifically as an That's athlete. Really cool. like I knew, 
yeah, I knew nothing about nutrition before her. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't know really about electrolytes and pacing yourself properly. So I learned all of the basics from her. So okay. I mean, she was definitely pivotal into me becoming the athlete that I am now. And That's now awesome. my coach, Johnny, he just has taken me to another level. Sweet. All right. Um, lost my train of thought there. Okay. So you, at, what was the point at which you were like, okay, I want to try and see how good I can get. Like, when did you decide that you were going to try and become pro? Um, I think when I qualified for Ironman 70.3 worlds, the half Ironman world championships, um, I, I did it maybe in my third half Ironman and yeah, I was just like, okay, I think I have some potential. I had become a much stronger runner. I had won a couple marathons and um, my cycling was progressing. So I started placing at races. So I thought that it was possibly doable. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And when did you start like garnering like partnerships and like when did that Start catching when, I cra- when I crashed oh no <laughs> and that was last it year it opened up a lot of doors no it's true um no initially it was running that got me partnerships okay. so I won the local Newport News one city marathon congratulations oh uh, thank you yeah that opened up a lot of doors um and it was unexpected so I won the first two so in 2015 and 2016 so that got local attention Okay. Um, so I picked up a few local sponsors, like Point Two Running Company. They're um, our local shoe company. Sweet. Um, yeah. So, and even now, um, I'm sponsored by In and Out Express Care, their urgent care facility in Hampton that Road. Is convenient for. Uh, yep. Sure. Is. Of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So locally, um, doing well at those races open doors. Um, in regards to bigger partnerships like Hoka that I have. Um, that's because I speak at as like as you do at conferences and stuff about increasing participation among minorities and women in sports. So I think being an advocate, not necessarily being a good athlete or triathlete, um, I can't say that that is really what got me in the door with some of my sponsors. I would say it's more so you know doing the articles, writing, interviewing, stuff like that, um, and trying to increase awareness among minorities in endurance sports. So I don't know a whole lot about triathlon, but I can Mm -hmm. imagine it's not much different of a demographic than cycling on its own. Right. Um, What has that experience been like for you? Like, did you find it to be at all a barrier when you got started or like what Right. What is that experience? Um, Well, I noticed it right away. So Triathlon, there's only 0.05% African Americans in the sport of triathlon. Have data? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are doing better than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's probably from 2015. So maybe we're at 1% now. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's only 0.05% African Americans. I do notice that when I'm at the races, um, do I. Did I have I ever experienced racism or, you know, some of the things that I'm reading about right now, considering what happened with Imad? Luckily, I have not been in that position. Um, I find that it's an open community. Um, everybody is really friendly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's still notice the discrepancy between how many women are at 
these events and how many minorities are at the events. I mean, it's it's glaringly obvious. Yeah, I don't know if it's like that for you in the cycling community. I'm still like blown away that you guys have data. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, and and then the more you look into it, like, well, why aren't African Americans in the sport and stuff like that? You start reading like 70% of African Americans can't swim. They don't have basic swimming skills. And... That is a thing. Like me, the, the idea of swimming in open water. Yeah. I don't know. That, <laughs> you you hear that over and over again. You're not, not the first. It's not that I don't think I can. It's that I don't mm. think I want to. Right. I mean, um, but you have to keep in mind that a lot of these are in lakes. Okay. Or in bays. So it's not like you're in, you so know. there's not a lot of, like, sharks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. No, no. That's it's fair. in lakes. That's yeah, helps. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a big outdoor pool. So right. what I discovered recently is that there's a such thing as an outdoor triathlon. And, like, an out, like not outdoor they're all outdoor I guess but off-road so like they have like mountain bike or gravel bike and then trail run and I don't Mm -hmm. I I don't know how different a swim would be I mean because that open water I feel like that's about as off-road as you're gonna get Um, but I found that to be I don't know I feel like that might actually be more fun for me I don't know yeah you sound like that's called Xterra what you just Xterra. named Xterra it's got a yeah. name and I can okay. see you doing that I can I can't see me oh. doing that only if they're like super short because I don't want to <laughs> run or swim for very long right. like all day like maybe if I could do like a, a relay duathlon or something I uh, yeah yeah <laughs> That's really cool. There are, there are a lot of options out there. And even you mentioned um, the not feeling comfortable in open water. There are triathlons that take place in a pool. There are oh. indoor triathlons. Yeah. Yep. Indoor. Wait. Okay. So it's like an indoor track and you're just like running in circles? Uh, no. So like there's one in uh, Smithfield. Well, they had to cancel it this year. I think it's in either March or April because it's so cold outside. They do an indoor triathlon. So you swim in the pool. So you go up and down the lanes first. Okay. Um, then you actually ride outside, though I have heard of indoor triathlons taking place on stationary bikes. Oh, that sounds kind of boring. I know, but this <laughs> one, the one that I'm talking about, you ride outside and you run outside, but the pool okay. is, uh, but the swim is inside in the pool. That would kind of take care of that fear of open water thing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like yeah. that there are options. Yeah. This kinetic is, multi-sport. They're, kinetic multi-sport. They're local. They have uh, races in, I want to say, New Jersey, Delaware, or not New Jersey, probably Delaware, um, basically this whole mid-Atlantic area. And okay. they're the reason why I got started because my very first one, the swim was only like 500 meters and it was in the bay. Okay, so they so, have a lot of different options. I didn't ask, but why triathlon? Like there were so many activities you could have chosen. Why triathlon? <sighs> I know I should have just taken up playing cards or something. <laughs> um, I it was kind of a, just a bucket list thing that I always wanted to try, like the marathon for me, um, because I have a swim background and I was already a decent runner and buying you know getting a bike like a mountain bike is simple i just thought you know hey what the heck why not just give it a try right i like it okay so where are you now on this journey i know like with triathlon you have to get your pro card right so is that right you have to do a certain time like finish a certain time or how does that work um so usa triathlon they so every country publishes their own guidelines in terms of achieving your professional card so usa triathlon is in charge of 
um, making up pretty much the rules for getting your pro card here. Um, for me, I was trying to come in top three overall amateur at a qualifying race. Okay. Um, so the last half Ironman I did was in September. It was Ironman 70.3 Augusta. If I had come in top three, top, the top three female amateur overall, I would have gotten my pro card, but I came in six. So I missed it by like three or four minutes. I know. I know. And that was coming back from my crash. So yeah, race back. So yeah, I was, I was getting there and I was hoping that I was going to achieve it in April uh, this year, last month, but you know, with COVID. on hold. I know. How is it? How's it been um, training with all the quarantine stuff in, in place? Yeah, you know, at first, it was kind of a, not a relief. I won't say that, but my body, you know how it is. When you're prepping for a big race, you're almost on the verge of cracking. Like, mm-hmm. you're tired and you're moody and, um, yeah, and, like, you're kind of suffering through little niggling injuries and everything. So when the COVID situation happened, my coach was like, well, everything's on hold, so let's just rest you, let you recover um, so yeah, I took advantage of the first few weeks of it, to be honest with you. It wasn't okay. that bad to me. I, I enjoyed the downtime and now I feel really well rested and, um, like even my crash, I didn't really take that much time off after my crash. So this was a good time for me to just kind of chill, but now I'm fully back into running and, and cycling. I'm mostly cycling indoors. I do my long rides once a week outside and for swimming, I'm just doing a lot of strength training. Okay. exercises, but I haven't been in a pool or anything like that since COVID happened. Right. Huh. I saw that you're going to head back to your parents because they've opened their pool. So uh, you'll, yeah. You'll I'm like, oh gosh, if I hope I can remember how to swim, but yeah, I'm going to oh, go. They have a you'll remember how to swim. <laughs> I don't know. I'm oh. already not a good swimmer. So this COVID situation is not helping my cause. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's kind of on the same page. Like you see other people and they're like still maintaining their regular training schedule. And I'm just I know. like, how are oh. you doing that? Oh God. Yeah, I'm so happy you said that. That makes me feel so much better about myself. I mean, I'm looking at friends. They look like they're training for the Olympics and, and some of them aren't working. So they get to, you know, train, rest, yeah. recover every day. And I'm like sitting on the couch working. Just Yeah. Social media is it's dangerous, but it is. I mean, I've, I've signed up for a, a Zwift race next week. Okay. Next weekend, a, a Zwift mm-hmm. stage race. And I'm definitely not in the tip top form. So I'm trying to like mentally prepare myself to like experience that. And right. like, that's when the, uh, the grit's going to come in and I just have to tough <laughs> uh, it you out. Gotta, yeah. You got to just rip the bandaid off. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to, yeah, that's how I, I might surprise trust. myself, but I, I won't yeah, be surprised yeah. if I don't. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet. no, that's that's what I've done also the past couple of weeks, kind of just rip that band-aid off yeah. and get back into training again. It's hard. Um mm-hmm. so it's hard to like like say what are your plans like coming up because no one has any. Um but exactly. Let's say yeah. this season is when does the triathlon season end or does it end? Um it, it usually end? starts around April, May, and it usually ends in October. Okay. So, so. You might get like the end of it. That might something. Yeah, might you know. Um, uh, yeah, I, hopefully things will. I mean, Virginia opens up again tomorrow. <laughs> They're doing like phase one re- reopening, but 
Um, I'm thinking maybe there'll be fall races in my mind. That's what I'm preparing for. Okay. I'm not looking, even if the economy opened tomorrow, I, I wouldn't just go out there and race. Like yeah. I want to be in shape. Mm. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to just play it things, how they're going and, you know, hopefully in the fall. And if not, you know, you just, you don't have control over it. So just wait till next year. Cool. Okay. So what's it's, Trihlon's a pretty individual sport. Like there's mm -hmm. like clubs or t like teams or like, how does that work? Yeah, no, it's, it's individual. Um, but there are, um, I guess you might want to, you can call them <sighs> trying to think like companies will have ambassador programs. And if you are on their ambassador program, I guess technically you're considered to be on their team. Like um, my apparel sponsor is Zoot. So I consider myself to be part of team Zoot. So when we go to races, we're wearing similar looking kits and stuff like that. And we okay. see the logo and we look at each other as being on the same team. But gotcha. um, yeah, I know triathlon is definitely a very individual sport. Cool. Yeah. Um, and you said that you work a corporate job. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I work for Ferguson Enterprises. They're a plumbing and HVAC wholesale distributor. They're actually the number one distributor in the U.S. Um, oh, so wow. there's, yeah, there, there's 15 <laughs> locations. I know it's, it's funny. Most people haven't heard of it and then you say it and then they start seeing us everywhere. So we have 1500 locations um, in the U S and um, I work technically I work in the marketing department, but I do okay. customer analytics now. So um, my background is in economics. That's what I majored in. Okay. Um, but basically I take, customer data, um, like transactional numbers and, you know, what they're purchasing, where they're purchasing, um, what type of industry they're in, whether it's a remodeler or a HVAC contractor, stuff like that. And I, I look at that, that data and I um, study the behavior and I help the marketing team develop you know, ads and stuff like that to target the customers, to keep customers, uh, like customer retention, stuff like that. Do you find any of your corporate job skills to be translatable to your life as an athlete? Uh, <laughs> no, but I do train a lot on my lunch break. And I do find that that break helps me do my job better. And huh. When I'm thinking of ways to present the data, I usually come up with it in my head, like as I'm out there training or riding or whatever. So it's like it's technically supplemental to your corporate Exactly. Job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's convenient. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's good. It's, it's a nice break in my day. Okay. So my understanding is that you're aiming to be the first African-American triathlete? Uh, woman. Pro? Woman. Pro, pro woman. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Are there other um, black women that have become professional triathletes or is it? So no, there's never been an African-American woman pro triathlete. Okay. Only one man has earned his pro card in triathlon. What's his name? Max. I think you might even know him. Max Fennell. That does no. sound quite familiar. Okay, yeah, he um, was the first African-American to earn his pro cards, but no woman has done it yet. And when did that happen? Um, I want to say he got his in 2014. So not that maybe. long ago. No, no, no. Yikes. Maybe 2014, 2015, I'm not sure. But you have data. So yes. <laughs> yeah, so you're making me appreciate the small things. <laughs> 
I didn't realize there was so uh, there was a lack of it in the cycling community. Yeah, I I'm st- I'm still waiting on the data, and I'm not a I'm not a statistician, so I can't. I don't know how to approach make getting that data well, myself. It's funny because when you major in economics, you have to take so many statistics classes. So I'm always looking at the data for everything. Uh-huh. Um, do you find that that helps you with your like tr- training or like, are you like super into your athlete data from like power meters and. But no, surprisingly, I'm not, not at all. I appreciate if, if it that. Was up, yeah. If it was up to me, I wouldn't, I would leave my watch Garmin, you know, whatever at home. Same. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's so freeing. We have a phrase, no Garmin, no rules. <laughs> yeah. It's great. You know, I hate, it's, it's such a distraction. I like being in the zone. Um, my coach had to talk me into getting a power meter. I didn't start riding with a power meter until two years ago, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, that was the first time though. So, but if it was up to me, I wouldn't, I don't use a heart rate monitor. I don't own one. Really? Um, yep. That's nice. Yeah. I get really did, sweaty and gross I did, anyway. I did agree with the power meter thing, but heart rate. Oh, sorry. I'm not looking at another gadget. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you, you just know that your heart feels like it's going to explode and that's oh, right. the, heart, yeah. that's the like, monitor. I don't need it to tell me I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so if you had to tell other women, women of color about mm-hmm. getting into triathlon, if you wanted to increase that 0.5 to 1% of you that are already there, um, mm-hmm. how would you tell them to approach that journey? Um, well, you never know how much you're going to like something or dislike something until you give it a try. Um, I think it's similar to like with the running boom right now, especially with women and people in the African-American community. Um, you try a 5K and before you know it, you're training for a marathon. And I think people can get hooked on triathlon the same way. And okay. I think it is important to know um me and so many other people think of triathlon initially as the Ironman or Kona, you know, racing that in Hawaii when the truth is there are so many different options. Like you mentioned that's terror before. And, um, you know, there are indoor triathlons. You don't have to swim in open water. There are pool options. Um, so that stuff is out there. And, um, and while it is expensive, you can do like me <laughs> and swim in a speedo, ride on a mountain bike, and then just toss your sneakers on or run. So it's only as expensive as you make it. So with this might be a silly question with this yeah. with the speedo thing because you swim and then you immediately get on the bike. So you guys are mm-hmm. riding like fifty to a hundred miles, depending on the length, maybe shorter. Mm-hmm in a swimsuit like there's no chamois oh, or no, anything no, like no, that. no I'm wearing no no that was the first time no I wear a kit I wear a triathlon kit so the triathlon kits have chamois in them yes they don't get like super heavy because you swam um they're very very uh small um oh, so it's like a so, thinner one specifically exactly. for triathlon yeah, I know yeah. Nothing. You, can, <laughs> yes, they, you can get ones with just cloth okay uh, cloth chamois that's actually te- really what I ride when I ride inside on my bike. I usually just use a cloth chamois, and you know how it is. You start kind of getting callous to it, like your body you just starts getting. So you used guys don't to have it. time to like do the whole chamois cream thing or anything like that. You just uh, I put <laughs> tuck I it out. Put it on, I, I put it on before the start of the race, and when you are transitioning, they do have like areas where you can add it on if you want to. You just okay. kind of stick it up in there, but. Uh, <laughs> 
but it seems like yeah. a whole lot of time to like yeah and then we have saddles you know that that helps too like i use a split nose saddle i don't know what you use but our saddles are usually a little oh, different from road bikes if i never had to ride a tt bike i would be okay with that <laughs> no yeah it's not fun. it's not very pleasant wait so when you're on your road bike are you comfortable down there like you can just ride forever um yeah actually i mean it depends on like i've gone i've i've, I've gone through different um, setups over the years, but I found a saddle that works for me. Like not all saddles are created equal. Right. Um, and I found with the right saddle chamois combination, I don't even need chamois cream. Like okay. it's just an added bonus and I'll use it if I'm doing like a particularly long ride, but okay. for the most part, I don't, I don't need it. Um, but before I figured all of that out, it, I was miserable, like absolutely miserable. Um, yeah. and it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm shaking my head in agreement because I've gone through the same thing. When I was training for my first half Ironman, I, it was the same thing. I'm just like, I couldn't sit on the bike for more than 40 minutes without it just being a miserable experience. Yep. And I'm like, how do other people go out there and ride for, you know, hours, hours on end? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good a good situation. So <laughs> you, I needed to remedy it found, fast. So um, you tried different saddles until you found the right one? Well, I had my sit bone measured, my sit bones measured, and that was the like game changer for me. And I found a saddle that was the exact width of my sit bones. Interesting. And, and that made a world of difference for me. So they have, like, you can get a bike fit, of course, and mm -hmm. part of a bike fit can be the saddle adjustment. Um, but if you don't nail it on the first go, there are some shops that'll have a saddle library so you can test saddles. Okay. Um, so you like give them 20 bucks. Okay, that, that's what I did too. And you get a sample saddle and then you like, eh, no, not so right. much. And then you buy, you buy right, another yeah. okay, one. I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I also did, I don't know if you did this, the uh, saddle map, what is it? Saddle pressure mapping where they put it no. on the saddle and you sit down and it lights up on the screen and it shows like the red are the bad spots and the green is a good spot. So like, they put it on each saddle and you can see like the more green the area, the better. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. I, got, I, I just got lucky. Like it was yeah. like really, really, really bad. And then I got the saddle and I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Okay. So very similar to the thing I would say, you know, just try, right. Just like get on right. your sign up for triathlon near you and mm -hmm. start where you are maybe mm -hmm. don't drop two thousand dollars on a new tri bike <laughs> exactly or if nothing else if people are listening to this and they're not comfortable with swimming or don't know how to swim that's the start right so i don't care how old you are sign up for swim lessons if you don't know how to swim i think you know for me i know you you've seen like the pictures i post with my family and i like we're such beach pool you know travel people and it's like being around water has brought so much joy to my life. So I couldn't imagine not being able to swim. So I think that's a good start. So I finally convinced my husband to take swim lessons because he can't swim. Okay. And then this happened because there's a, a oh, YMCA no. up the street. Right. Right. So we're going to sign him up for some, some classes at the Y, but now, okay. gonna, now we got to start from square one. <laughs> I might have well, to reconvince sure. him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, make sure he does it. Yeah, I think yeah. my method, my cousin threw me in a pool when I was little and 
was it was sink or swim, and I and I right. learned how right. to doggy pedal. Um, but cool. Well, thanks mm-hmm. so much for your time. I don't know about anybody listening, but I have certainly learned quite a bit about triathlon and triathletes because it's always been this. It's un- an unfortunate like triathletes end up being like the butt of the joke a lot of the time in cycling, which Uh is not cool. Uh Um, But I think you guys are just misunderstood. And now I (laughs) I feel like I understand you a lot better. I, (laughs) I don't, I didn't know a lot about triathlon, but I, I have noticed that like with a lot of black women, especially when I was in California, it felt like a lot of, um, a lot of the, the roadies gravitated toward triathlon. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd never understood why. Um, yeah I mean it breaks up the monotony and not that just cycling is but I know I found with um with running when I was just doing running and I was just focused on marathons you know I was getting injured all the time and stuff like that and now I feel more balanced um I find that it's more like cross training across the board you probably have arm muscles right exactly (laughs) i did i got arm muscles my my, uh, core got better and you know stuff like that so it's a good balance for me that's cool i think that that's something that i feel like people usually end up doing triathlon because they have a background in another sport. Like right. they were a collegiate swimmer and they wanted to try one or they were a runner that kept getting injured. But then when they cut back the mileage and started swim bike running, they, um, they got fitter and they were able to, you know, train um, regularly without getting hurt all the time. So cool. I think people have different backgrounds that come into the sport. Yeah, that, that makes sense. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know how much longer the world's going to be on lockdown. I mean, I know we're open about states, but until we yeah. can commune again and race again and, and yeah. you know, work towards goals again in that fashion, um, best of luck with all of your training. And I look forward yeah. to seeing you get your pro card as soon yeah, as we I appreciate can it. And congrats get back to into you. it. Yeah. And congrats to you on turning pro. That's, Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was so cool when I saw that news because I know that's something you've been working hard towards for a while yeah it's a bit of a process but we always keep chugging along right yep definitely (laughs) all right well thank you so much thanks for your time and i think we're done cool bicycle 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 race thank you for listening to this episode of quick brown foxes if you would like to know more about Sika Henry, you can follow her on Instagram at Sika Henry, S-I-K-A-H-E-N-R-Y. I would also like to thank my sponsors and partners, Live Cycling, SRAM, Cliff Bar, Diaspora Kitchen in Atlanta, Carmichael Training Systems, Spot Accident Insurance, Hello Blue CBD, Bike Flights, and Kika Stretch Studios in Atlanta. I would also like to thank my patrons. You make productions like this possible and allow me to pay people for their time and their work. If you would like to become a patron, you can do so at patreon.com slash aquickbrownfox. There's been quite a boom in patrons this month, so bear with me while I do my best to name you all. I sincerely apologize if I say your name incorrectly. I am trying my best. Thank you, Arika, Amy K, Amy Ongiri, Andrea L., Andrea Roloffs, Angela Reed, Anne Gentle, Anna Schwinn, Annalisa Fish, Anne Gallian, Anona Whitley, 
Anthony Ryan, Ashley Vaughn Edge, Barbara Burlington, Beatrice Apple, Becca Whittle, Benel Tompkins, Bobby Morales, Brad Evans, Brian Jascott, Camille Raineen, Carolyn Romaine, Cassandra Spring, Kat C, Chris Rivera, Crystal J, Christina Torres, David Moore, Derek Pearson, Elizabeth Reincourt, Ella Green, L, Elliot Caldwell, M. Lowing, Flora Soon, Frank Spinillo, or is that Spin? Yeah. Gears for Queers, Haley Nielsen, Heather Hirschi, Jack Holmgren, Jay Middleton, Jay Thomas, Jennifer Krisky, Jennifer Mosley, Jess Strangward, Jess, Jesse Orman, Jonathan Biddle, Jonathan Matz, Jono Davis, or is that Yono Davis? Karen Brooks, Katie Craney, Kelly D, Kelly Shepard, Ken McC- Kendall Elizabeth, Christy Pettibone, Lai King Moy, Lauren Jenkins, LC, Leanne Evanson, Lillian Cool, Liz McKinley, Lewis Hodge, Lucia D, Lynn M, Margaret Smitty, Margaret Wallace, Marnie Annette, Aness, Anise, Matt Carrick, Megan C, Megan T, and I don't see the rest of it, I'm sorry. Megan Davis, Megan Morris, Michelle Smith, Naoma or Naoma Staley, Staley, Nathan Murphy, Rachel Jacobson, Rachel Olzer, Rad Bike Adventure, Renee Cannon, Rich Manalong, Richard Morse, Roland Hilgarth, Rosie Jacobson, Rowan Manker, Ryan, Sandra Walter, Sarah Bowman, Sarah D. Greenberg, Sarah Williams, Shelley, Stephanie Becker, Stephen Landis, Susie O'Shea, Sylvie Fron- Fronchek, Tara DeMarco, Tarek Saleh, Tasha Rose, Tina Hart, Tom Probert, Troy Casper, Ursula Sandstrom, and Vladimir Vince. Thank you all so much. I think from now on, I'll just do new patrons, but this week has been so, or this month has been so abundant in new patrons, it would have taken me just as long. So thank you all, and I appreciate everything. Until next time, bye.